This is the Troll Patrol. Why? With Justin. Freaking. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Tuesday. Warlord. Top story. But I don't think we... Well, we don't have results yet. Uh, I think polls close like now. I think they close now. Or I may be wrong on that. And they may be open to 9 o'clock. Oh, we do have results? I just checked a few minutes ago and there were no results. There was no reporting whatsoever. I'm telling you, motherfucker. Do you know what percentage is reporting? Zero percent. I told you. No results yet. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I'm wrong. That was Mississippi. (laughs) Uh, About 22% are in in Ohio. So far, no has it, but I don't know... I don't know what the amendment. It's a it's an abortion amendment, but I don't know what the what the amendment is. That's what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna do. It's the top story, warlord. Jesus, you try. You're like you're doing a bad job at uh, at, uh, at producing. No, it's it's issue one is about abortion. We're gonna talk about it here. You're jumping ahead of me. Dustin, God damn it! Who is the who is the person that does the news here? I assure you, I know what I'm talking about. We're gonna go into what the amendment does and everything. True, Maynard. You got Smokey right here. I'm not high enough for this shit. DJ Dub, good evening. I come back to this. We'll find out in a second. We'll watch the news report. Flash, good evening. As if, as if we're not gonna talk. Why you, why you gotta muddy up the fucking show? Why you gonna get me all frustrated? <laughs> God damn it! Doesn't, don't even give me a chance to get high. I wasn't even gonna bring it up, motherfucker. We were gonna watch. It's the first goddamn story on the list. I assure you. I assure you. Ohio special election. Georgia courthouse on high alert. DeSantis fires manager. Mitch McConnell heckled. The L.A. city workers are striking. The cousin of the Uvalde shooter tried to pull a shooting. It was almost another day. In mass shooting, USA. Ninety-eight people. I wish, like, I wish I could roll my R's because I have too many R's and arrested there. 
98 people arrested in a child sex sting. I can't, I can't, like, I can't do the, the rolling the Spanish R's. I can't do that. Two hillbilly. Fucking sound of freedom. You want that instead of the news? Hey, Justin, are you trolling? Who's promoting gambling? There's a woman. This might be my new tailor's business. All I know is she escaped prison. She's still on the loose. It's like two or three days later. She's still on the loose. I don't know what she's in prison for. Hopefully we find out it's something wild. I hope her name is something cool. <laughs> there was a garbage. Somebody stole a garbage truck. Somebody stole a garbage truck. So led police on a three county chase. Here you get to see my notes. That's that's what I'm doing over here. That you guys, this is the behind the scenes look at what's going on. I had Zelensky assassination as the top story, like preliminarily, and I was like, no, 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 the Ohio uh, uh, ballot initiative more important. Or whatever the fuck, I don't even know. I don't know what the fuck it is. I swear to God, I saw abortion in the headline. But also, you know, I'm a stoner. And I don't read story. Once again, this is a reaction stream. This is... Apparently, there's this whole debate about whether uh, reaction content is real content or if you're, if you're stealing. I feel like I'm in a good area. I am totally transformative. I'm like an aggregate of different news. Yes, I'm showing you I'm showing you news stories that were produced by news agencies. Usually it's local news. I tell you, I tell you who it came from. We, you know, we we highlight what news 8. Uh, you know, I yell at Lester Holt. You know, we we, we acknowledge that, you know, it's a it's a book plug and shit. Uh, but ultimately, I'm, I'm reaction content, but I feel like I'm wholly original as well. Like, my show is is 100% covered by fair usage. I could never be sued. And also, parody. I do a show with a fucking troll head. Nobody can really sue me for defamation. It's all a parody. After the Rudy Giuliani video I did the other day, I'm more convinced than ever that I am the voice for this time period. This time period that is so absurd, so outlandish, so explicit. We've got a dude who was seriously sitting to the right hand of the president 
just a couple years ago talking about, I want my tits. Let me claim my tits. Like, it's beyond, it's beyond parody at this time. You need a new kind of comedian. And I feel like that's, that's, everything is coming together. Everything's coming up Millhouse for Justin Freakin to, to hit his stride right when, when the nation needs a voice like this to come in and say, let's, let's piss in people's eye pussies. That's what the political landscape needs right now. Everybody needs their eye pussy pissed in. Figuratively. Figuratively. Matt Walsh is pissed off. Well, I mean, what's new? He's pissed off at the fact that Flamey Grant, we covered this the other night, Flamey Grant, we listened to her song. It's not the best. Their song. I don't. I don't know what they. What pronouns they use. I'm sure it's a lovely song, topping the country charts. And Matt Walsh is pissed off about it. Flamey Grant. I love. I love the name. It took. I was calling. I was calling them Flammy at first, but then when I realized, like it's a play on Amy Grant, Flamey Grant, and that's hilarious. Flamey Grant. We'll talk about Andrew Tate tonight. Apparently, Candace Owens interviewed Andrew Tate, and it's causing waves among the conservative crowd. The the conservatives are eating each other. We're gonna go over this tomorrow night, but apparently, a bunch of people uh, quit Stephen Crowder's show on like the very first day. His his big relaunch was today. See if we can get some video and put that together for tomorrow. Find out what the what the fuck is going on. Oh, the Montgomery bar, uh, the Montgomery brawl. Does everybody know what that what what I'm referring to? If you don't, I got a meme that will kind of uh, sum it up for you. So, you're going to get the backstory on what led up to everything going on in this picture. Uh, Jason Aldean's not actually in the in the video. That's, that's just there for comedic effect. <laughs> I was uh, having to explain jokes. I'm so sorry. Sweet home Alabama. I'm still a little manic. Uh, there totally was a tornado next to me, uh, yesterday and, uh, it cleared up in time for the show. I could have done the show like it just, uh, um, it, it got like sunshiny about seven thirty. but like, I, I, I totally didn't have a chance to prepare. It was like four hours. I was hunkered down. Oh, look outside, like the clouds are spinning. So there was a, t- a, a touchdown, like about 30 minutes away from me, about an hour away from me, the roof of a gas station or the canopy of a gas station was just ripped completely off. Two boats, one dock. 
so we're gonna watch a couple of different videos because you have to watch a couple of different you have to watch a couple of different angles uh I think we might I think we might have comments from one of the dudes but if not flash can you throw that in the discord I, th I think local news interviewed one of them yes like I, I, once again, we got several videos, and we're gonna watch. We're gonna watch the original fucking videos, find out everything that happened on on this boat tour at the Montgomery River front. <laughs> I was gonna do it last night, but I had a tornado come in, and I don't like to turn on my electronics while it's uh, while it's yucky outside. Because I'm real scared of power surges. Because even with surge protectors on everything, I've lost some fucking equipment. Alright, let's find out what's actually going on in Ohio. Because I apparently fucked it up. Oh, I'm sorry, Flash. that could increase the amount of support needed to pass amendments to the state's constitution. The measure is called Issue 1, and it could have a major impact on abortion rights in the state. If passed... I knew abortion had something to do with it. God damn it. The state constitution would bump up to 60%. Currently, it only takes over 50% to do so. This vote comes just months ahead of a November ballot measure that will allow Ohioans to weigh in on whether abortion should be protected in the state constitution for more okay so i get what's going on now the republicans are trying to make it a 60 percent threshold i'll go ahead and tell you that noah's it looks like noah's won <laughs> so the voter said uh-uh or on all of this kara cordy joins us from outside a polling location in Columbus, Ohio. Thanks for joining us today. Now, this special election clearly will have major ramifications, or it could have for that fall vote, which is looking to add a border prote abortion protections to the state constitution. Break down how these two things, if you will, are connected. They're very connected, Manny. Even though abortion is not on the ballot here in Ohio, it is on everybody's minds. You talked about that threshold. A yes vote would uh, make it harder, essentially, to amend the state constitution here. Right now, they just need a simple majority in Ohio. Uh, a vote yes, if it goes through tonight, would go to a 60% majority. The reason why abortion rights activists uh, and anti-abortion rights activists were so galvanized around this issue is because of this November election that's coming up. Abortion is on the ballot. Uh, in fact, there is an effort to codify in the state's constitution the right to abortion up until about 22 weeks. And, the, and why this is such a uh, uh, dramatic issue. Well, motherfucker, I... God damn it, warlord. Like, I wasn't... Like, I don't fucking read this shit before I come on here. Tell me get dabbed on. I fucking... Specifically, stay fucking uh, 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 unaware of what the fuck is going on so I can have a reaction, motherfucker. I knew, but like, I wouldn't have even brought it up. You had to come in here and be like, oh, the blah, 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 blah. Fuck off. God damn it. Come in here, start drama with me.
Let me do my fucking show. People always try to take over my stream. Pre-watching and he tried to hide them. <laughs> Beautiful. Toads, good evening. Welcome. Oh, fucking shit. Okay, that was funny. Maynard, are you knocking on the door? What the fuck is going on? I don't even know. I'm not eyeing up for this shit. <laughs> uh, you're still here, right, Warlord? It hurts your feelings. I love you. We went over this the other night. I love Warlord. Don't know shit about him. Has... <laughs> Has the power to pretty much wreck everything uh, I have built in terms of streaming. Seems to hate me. <laughs> uh, but also very supportive. Keeping me in check. Keeping me grounded. <laughs> oh, fucking shit. So, uh, what's been going on over on Twitch? I hear it's, uh, it's kind of a mess over there now. Is it, is it a good, is it a good thing we're over here on kick? Um, I got filled in on all that today. And I was like, ooh boy. There's a lot to take you. <laughs> I love it. Nobody even wants to bring it up. Okay, I'm down with it. I'm going to repack a bong. We're going to go back to trying to do the news. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Listen to me. I'm trying to get drama started over here. I'm all like, I'm the anti-drama stream. And like, come on, guys, gossip about the drama going on on Twitch because I can't be a part of it. Like going to the um, hair salon, the nail salon, or some shit like that. I don't know. Going to the poker where the where the where the boys gossip at the poker poker tape. I don't even know what I'm talking about. Uh so we got this um we got this election going on in Ohio for some reason. I don't even fucking know anymore. 
Ohio voters are taking part in a special election today that could increase the amount of support needed to pass amendments to the state's constitution. The measure is called Issue 1, and it could have a major impact. God, Republicans suck. State. If passed, the threshold of support to make an amendment to the state constitution would bump up to 60%. Currently, it only takes over 50% to do so. This vote comes just months ahead of a November ballot measure that will allow Ohioans to weigh in on whether abortion should be protected in the state constitution. For more on all of this, Kara Cordy joins us from outside a polling location in Columbus, Ohio. Thanks for joining us today. Now, this special election clearly will have major ramifications, or it could have for that fall vote, which is looking to add abort prote abortion protections to the state constitution. Break down how these two things, if you will, are connected. They're very connected, Manny. Even though abortion is not on the ballot here in Ohio, it is on everybody's minds. You talked about that threshold. A yes vote would uh, make it harder, essentially, to amend the state constitution here. Right now, they... The way she made it sound was like abortion is on everyone's mind. Everybody's getting abortions over in here. Just need a simple majority in Ohio. Uh, a vote yes, if it goes through tonight, would go to a 60% majority. The reason why abortion rights activists uh, and anti-abortion rights activists were so galvanized around this issue is because of this November election that's coming up. Abortion is on the ballot. Uh, in fact, there is an effort to codify in the state's constitution the right to abortion up to 22 weeks. And, the, and why this is such a uh, uh, dramatic issue here in Ohio is because state polling shows that around 58 to 59 percent of Ohioans would support that measure. So that 60 percent threshold, that 60 percent majority threshold is so close to that uh, support right now in the state. This is why uh, abortion rights advocates have been canvassing the state for months now. And, and Kara, there's a there's suspicion about Republican motivations for doing this. I think earlier it was suspicion. Republicans in the state had resisted special elections in the summer because there's lower voter turnout because people aren't really plugged in. They're on vacation. Um, but now it seems it may benefit them. Also, the past year, Democrats have outperformed um, polling as far as in special elections. So talk to us about we're seeing a little bit of traffic behind you, but how are the numbers looking and, and the turnout? What is it expected to be for this month? Yeah, it's unconventional to hold a statewide election in August in the dead of summer. Uh, but historic turnout is the story here so far in Ohio. Uh, over the past few days of early voting, more than, uh, about 700,000 people have come out and vote on issue one. It's the only issue on the ballot. Uh, and that is more. 700,000 people have voted early here in Ohio. That's more than all of the people that voted in a primary election here last summer. So that's extremely significant. Now, now, what's important and what supporters for this uh, yes movement told me this morning is that they're really focused on day of voting. As you said, Errol, there are people streaming in here in, in, in Columbus. Traditionally, especially since the Donald Trump administration, Republicans have been weary of early voting. It's usually Democratic. Uh, it's a, usually a Democratic heavy strategy. And so uh, one operative told me this morning that in order for yes to pass tonight, he's thinking that the yes voters need to outperform the no voters by at least six to eight points on day of voting today. Now, if this passes, what they did not impact could that have on other legislation in the state? So, like, it has been like a resounding 
vote for no. Still only 27% of the vote in. No has 68.29% of the vote. All of the big cities and more populated areas voting no. There were also elections. There were primaries in Michigan and Mississippi. Mississippi, the primary is an interesting this year. The general election is interesting in Mississippi because the Democrat actually has a shot. But they are having their primary today. We're going over to Georgia where they are apparently on high alert awaiting uh, any moment, any moment, another indictment for... Former President Donald Trump. Police and barricades surround the Fulton County Courthouse in Atlanta, Georgia, as a possible fourth indictment of former U.S. President Donald Trump cast a shadow over the government building. This is where Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis is wrapping up an investigation into accusations Trump illegally pressured Georgia officials to overturn his 2020 election defeat. Willis has urged court employees to work remotely, and on Monday, dozens of county sheriff's deputies were stationed out front, and other officers drove marked cars in circles around the streets nearby, trying to secure an area which could be the scene of future protests. While there might be protesters, I I really see no reason to suspect that there'll be violence. Professor David Shanzer is the director of the Triangle Center on Terrorism and Homeland Security at Duke University. He says that after the fallout from January 6th, Trump supporters are unlikely to stage violent protests in Fulton County. Law enforcement, the FBI, was caught off guard, uh, sleeping at the wheel January 6th. Uh, But then since then, we've had a really strong law enforcement reaction to January 6th. A thousand arrests, uh, uh, serious prosecutions, people getting jail time. So I don't think the mass protests moving towards violence is uh, very likely going forward. However, I do think as things get more heated uh, and as the rhetoric gets uh, sharper, uh, I think it's very possible that individuals or small groups of individuals are uh, inspired to engage in violence, but I think they'll do so you know, by going after a much softer target than a courthouse in the middle of uh, Fulton County. The Georgia probe was opened in January 2021, shortly after Trump was recorded on a call asking the state's top election official to find enough votes to overturn Democrat Joe Biden's victory. Trump has denied any wrongdoing and accused Willis, an elected Democrat, of political motives. An indictment in Georgia would mark Trump's fourth set of criminal charges this year. Special counsel Jack Smith has brought two federal indictments, one alleging Trump conspired to defraud the U.S. by preventing Congress from certifying the 2020 election. It was fueled by lies. And the other over his retention of classified documents after leaving office. 
Trump also faces New York state charges in Manhattan for allegedly falsifying business Oh, he'll totally get to house arrest. Hush money payments to like Secret Trump. Service will argue that they'll need it to protect him. Platform ...since prosecutors brought charges against him, saying on Friday, If you go after me, I'm coming after you. And that, according to Shanzer, could embolden his supporters. A chunk of his supporters will see that as uh, a license uh, to troll people. And then there are the small number of individuals who, when they receive these messages, they feel threatened individually or they feel inspired that they have to take some sort of uh, uh, violence to, to bring about uh, you know, some sort of political change. Last week, Trump pleaded not guilty to the federal charges in Washington over his alleged efforts to overturn his 2020 election loss. The next court date in that case will be August 28th. If he is under house arrest, he will be prohibited from using the internet. Uh, so here's a crazy. So you saw the you saw the threat that he made on True Social. Saying, if you come after me, I'm coming after you. They are going to have a hearing about a potential gag order. Is And is there a possibility that he, the judge puts a gag order on Trump? He violates it almost immediately. Do you revoke his bond? So I saw somebody say, I don't know if it was a news story, if it was just a post on social media, but they said that like him out here making threats like that, just he he's still acting like he's above the law. So what, is a judge going to put up with that shit? Post-social. And then if, if, if he is already on house arrest, which I mean, the appeals probably wouldn't go through for years. It would be years of appeals. But let's say he was already on house arrest and we're in election season next year. He is the nominee. He would argue in court that his use of social media is part of his right to run for office and I bet would be granted the use and we would we would see we would see Trump streaming from his house leading up to the election that's what we would see Trump podcast Trump reaction stream. Damn, can you imagine the numbers that motherfucker would do on Twitter? Or on Twitch? That's it. He is going to break all his conditions. This is like... There's no way he does it. I, how, does he actually get himself really locked up? This is crazy. But speaking of the 2024 election, 
We've got some 2024 breaking election news. The number two in the Republican primary has fired his campaign manager. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is making changes to his presidential campaign team. DeSantis is bringing in his longtime chief of staff, James Uffmeyer, to serve as his new presidential campaign manager, replacing General Peck, who will stay on as a senior advisor now. The reset comes weeks after the campaign laid off staffers to cut costs and as DeSantis trails former President Donald Trump in the polls. I'm telling you, he's not even going to make it to the debates. Vivcake is is going to be more of a presidential contender than Ron DeSantis. Blows my mind. I wasn't expecting that one. Vivcake Ramaswamy is going to be the only person that might be able to challenge Donald Trump. Even Chris Christie, he stands no fucking chance. Are you guys ready for the video that you're going to enjoy more than any other video tonight? And I've got some doozies. I've got some doozies. But this is the one that you're probably going to get the most enjoyment out of. The most, uh, the Germans call it schadenfreude. I predict that you will enjoy this segment the most. Mini segment tonight on the Troll Patrol. Are you ready for it? is Mitch McConnell being heckled in his home state of Kentucky at an event that he has gone to for 30 years. Apparently, McConnell never acknowledges the crowd's chance. Now, because I love you guys so much, I went and found the full five minutes. It is a apparently incredibly awkward five whole minutes. Here is from the broadcast of the Kentucky Educational uh, Television Channel. I just told David Beck his introduction is longer than my speech. Elaine and I are really excited to be back at Fancy Farm. On behalf of the strongest Republican team we've ever run in our state. For those of you who keep count, this is my 28th fancy farm. My 28th fancy farm. I want to. My apologies. I said over 30 years, didn't I? It's his 28th fancy farm. I can't believe he hasn't been going. He's been in politics longer than 28 years. Thank uh, Father Venters and Stephen Elder 
for finding a way to keep Fonzie Farm going, even with pork prices going through the roof. Thanks to the Kentucky State Police and local law enforcement who are keeping folks safe this weekend. Now, here's, here's the challenge for the police. Here's the challenge for the police. With the shutdown governor in charge, I'm sure state troopers are just glad to be on church property without having to tag license plates. Are you are you guys listening to what he's saying? Like, did he think that was good material? My friends, I'll be honest. It's not hard for Republicans to look good these days. We're up against the folks who gave you record high inflation. We're up against folks who... He's talking about it's not hard for a Republican to look good as they are booing the shit out of him. Holy Jesus. As a conservative, it's getting harder and harder to not look like a kook. Apparently, this man doesn't know where he's at. Closed schools and then told you that teachers unions know what's best for your kids. We're up against folks who'd rather let repeat offenders walk free than get tough on crime. I'm glad Governor Bashir finally decided to come to Fancy Farm. It's been the first Saturday in August for 143 years. But Andy only seems to make time for you all when he's staring down Election Day. Friends, I know a little something about... I know a little something about... B oh my God, guys. That, that was... That, that's the governor of Kentucky running for re-election. Uh, and that is his wife. She feels sorry for Mitch McConnell. Look at her. She's like, this is a sad old man. Uh, come on, Grandpa. Let's get you out. I, th I think, I think uh, uh, Bashir also. I know a little something about... She looks concerned. ...beating Bashir's. And let me tell you... Let me tell you, Andy makes his dad look like a Republican. Steve Bashir, his dad, thought woke was what he did from his nightmare Senate race in 1996. But Andy, Andy he speaks we'll see liberal who with a California who. accent. So make no mistake, Biden and Bashir are as thick as thieves, and not just because they want to rob you blind in taxes. But don't take my word for it. Let's just look at Andy's record. Come on, man. Closed down businesses and schools while keeping liquor stores open. He shut down churches and sent state troopers to harass the faithful. Okay, this is this down churches. This is an amazing shot because that's the governor, uh, Andy Bashir. That's Elaine Chow, the former uh, transportation secretary in the Trump administration, and that is Mitch McConnell's wife. She's having to keep a smile plastered on her face as Mitch is being booed out of the place. Fucking Bashir can't contain himself. His wife looks incredibly concerned. ...and sent state troopers to harass the faithful on 
about Easter Sunday and enforcing the woke agenda on students and teachers and may well be running, might as well be running for mayor of San Francisco. Now it's a good thing, good thing we have a Republican General Assembly keeping the governor in check and fighters like Jamie Comer and Rand Paul in Washington holding Biden accountable. And in the Senate, is Daniel Cameron. I'm working to make sure Kentucky punches above its weight. I fought for millions to rebuild East and West Kentucky after disaster struck, and I'm making sure our heroes in law enforcement get what they need to crack down on crime and plug the holes in Biden's open borders. When we send a united Republican government to Frankfurt this fall, we can finally put a stop to the defund the police movement. We can make sure our farmers and coal miners are taken care of. And we can help the middle-class families who are struggling in the Biden Bashir economy. So this number, so this November, remember who gives Andy his marching orders. It's Biden and the same radical Democrats who want to weaken our troops, ban our gas stoves, and turn the country into a socialist nation. Biden and Bashir aren't working for Kentucky. And he might as well be on the White House payroll. And it's high time he was honest about it. But Kentuckians won't fall for it. We want someone who fights for us and our values. So let's give the shutdown governor a taste of his own medicine and vote Republican this fall. So there was a Republican contingent there. They were just completely being drowned out by the the Democratic side. He's a horrible, horrible man. Republicans don't like him. Uh, you know what else? I've got I've got a couple of different videos here. You guys are are going to really enjoy. How about how about we do some uh, uh, solidarity with some strikers in L.A. Thousands of L.A. city workers strike for 24 hours. They walked off the job on Tuesday for a 24-hour strike alleging unfair labor practices. Picket lines went up before dawn at Los Angeles International Airport and other locations. A large rally was held downtown outside of City Hall. Apparently, the AP doesn't have audio for me the people speaking at the rally. That would have been nice. These are some awesome aerial shots, though. The union plans to return to negotiations with the city the week of August 14th to resume talks. Tag AFTRA and... 
the Riders Guild unable to come to terms with uh, studios. The strike will continue on that side. Solidarity with workers. A lot of uh, labor action going on. One of the things that... Um, one of the things I felt weird about is that we've seen all these labor actions, but I work for a an organization that does union busting. And they've been quite like I make propaganda for them. And I found that fascinating that they have been silent about all the strikes going on this summer. Like it's been the, the least busy I've been with them. And like the couple videos that I have made for them haven't been about the strikes. They've, it's almost like they don't want it. Like they've, if I had to guess, they have decided that drawing attention to the strikes is bad for them. So like I'm fascinated by this, right? So the videos that I have made for them have been about legislation currently before Congress. So it's 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 wild. Like they're they're lobbying uh trying to lobby like corporate democrats and shit on legislation, completely ignoring labor actions. So, like, I mean, that, uh, that's smart on their part. Fucking goddamn. I do my best to take as much money from them as I can. For as little work as possible. They're paying me. They're not using it for other things. I use it for debauchery. <laughs> So the Oh, if you're if you got a weak stomach. Yeah, the next 3 stories are kind of uh they're harsh. Content warning. The cousin of the Uvalde shooter has been arrested, apparently threatening to do the same thing. They've put it in quotes. Apparently that is a direct quote. 18 year old Salvador Ramos killed 19 students, two teachers and his grandmother in Uvalde, Texas on May 24th, 2022. Ramos's 17 year old cousin, Nathan Cruz arrested on Monday after allegedly planning to follow in Ramos's footsteps. Cruz was already on probation, reportedly told his sister while intoxicated that he was going to do the same thing as Ramos. His sister also alleges he threatened to shoot her in the head. Cruz's sister told their mother who says she also heard him trying to buy an AR-15 from someone on the phone. 
The mother called the police and told them what had been happening, at which point they arrested Cruz. Cruz has reportedly denied the allegations, but has been booked into the Bexar County Jail. He's facing two terrorism-related charges for threats threats against the school and his sister, according to online jail records. The family lives right across the street from an elementary school. Well, at least they caught it. This is a story I've been looking forward to hearing what the fuck because this headline is wild. The headline says 98 arrested in child sex abuse investigation and apparently two South Florida FBI agents died during the investigation. Dozens of suspects arrested in connection with a child sex abuse investigation that turned deadly for two FBI agents in South Florida. Daniel Alfin and Laura Schwarzenberger were shot and killed in 2021 while serving a search warrant in Sunrise connected with that sex ring. And now years later, nearly 100 people are facing charges. Local Sun's Rosh Lowe joins us from FBI headquarters in Miramar with the details. Well, two years ago, we had two FBI agents who lost their lives in the line of duty. They were investigating an alleged child abuse ring. Now today, the FBI is saying that nearly 100 arrests have been made. It was February 2021 in Sunrise when the FBI says suspect David Lee Huber opened fire on FBI agents Daniel Alfin and Laura Schwarzenberger. They were serving a warrant at his house for a crimes against children case. The agents lost their lives. Huber died of a self-inflicted gunshot wound, according to the FBI. Today, the FBI announced 98 people have been arrested in connection with child sex abuse, 13 children rescued from harm. We see it as a significant outcome, and I think that this outcome should definitely serve as a warning to those who are preying on our most vulnerable, that we are looking for you, we will find you, and we will arrest you. Authorities say the Sunrise case very much connected as the agents who lost their lives were investigating the alleged ring. Wait, wait, why did the, what was it, what did, explain, like, obviously they were in cooperation with Australian police somehow, but like, we we just had a shot of an Australian cop talking, but we don't know how they're connected to the case, unless I just completely missed that rescued from harm. We see it as a significant outcome, and I think that this outcome should definitely serve as a warning to those who are preying on our most vulnerable, that we are looking for you, we will find you, and we will arrest you. Authorities say the Sunrise case very much connected as the agents who lost their lives were investigating the alleged ring, and the search warrant was served on a computer programmer suspected of having child pornography. More than two years ago, authorities say Huber was watching the agents approach through his video doorbell when he opened fire, killing them and injuring three others. The investigation into the alleged ring stretched to Australia. Authorities say the suspects ran a complex network 
where child abuse material was shared on the dark web. Alfin and Schwarzenberger dedicated their lives to protecting children. It really demonstrates, I think, the commitment and connection we have across the country and how we can connect in internationally. And the FBI made it very clear today that these types of investigations are very much ongoing. Outside the FBI headquarters in Miramar, local 10 news. See, that's the kind of shit the FBI should be doing. Focus all your attention on that kind of shit. And I'm totally down with it. Fuck those scumbags. Wow. Yeah, the dude, the dude knew he was going away and probably would get, you know, uh, can we, can we call getting a shiv to like getting a lost profit? Getting lost profited. Here's a story, and this one, like, the animal abuse, attempted animal abuse. You don't actually see an animal get hurt. You see a human get hurt. I can't but fucking, God, I, fuck cops. Content warning. A, a cop tries to shoot a puppy and misses and strikes the person that called them, I believe, if I understand correctly. A woman standing on her front porch. Seven on your side's Maureen Glisevic joins us now with the body cam footage KATV has obtained and the lawsuit filed against the deputy and the department. And be warned, you may find parts of this report Disturbing. disturbing, yes. Tina Height still has the bullet lodged in her shin. She's now not only dealing with anxiety, but also continuous doctor's appointments. She initially called 911 for help, but instead was shot on her own front porch. Take a look. Get back. Get your dog. I'll kill him. Get your dog. You better get that. Get your dog. I'll kill Columbia County Deputy Brian Williams fires a warning shot, but that quickly escalates. You better get back. I'll kill that Kill that Get back. Now pay attention to the bottom right. It's a Pomeranian. You better get back. I'll kill that Kill that Get back. Get back. Who? You fucking idiot! I didn't shoot her. Williams appears to aim at a Pomeranian, but instead hits Tina Heights, who is standing right next to another deputy. Very scary. I've never been shot before, so I didn't know where I was. I mean, I knew I was hit. I didn't know how bad. I didn't know. You know, I, I, I didn't understand. Nearly one year later, the bullet is still lodged in her shin. Her attorney, Trey Kitchens, tells Seven on Your Side the deputy's actions were beyond negligent. He missed. He didn't hit the dog and instead shot my client. Well, think with. If I was the dog owner, I'm going to be glad I got shot in the leg instead of a fucking dog dying. But fucking what is wrong with you? Why would a cop do that? What is what is wrong with you?
You absolute sociopath. His fellow deputy standing about eight inches from my client. It is by the grace of God or fool's luck that my client isn't dead, another deputy isn't dead, or someone in the house isn't dead. I'm nervous to ever call it. The poor puppy. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, I expected them to come from my protection and instead I was the victim. The lawsuit also names Columbia County Sheriff Mike Lowe. We also are alleging that the Sheriff of Columbia County clearly did not train him, did not educate him, and if that kind of clearly. is appropriate in Columbia County, there's a bigger issue with that department in general. Kitchens adds he hopes to take this deputy off the streets. Anybody who's seen that video knows that gentleman doesn't need to be a dog catcher, much less be carrying a firearm and squeezing off rounds. Nowhere near dogs! Personnel file in search of reprimand or suspension documents, but none exist. It's unclear whether the deputy has gone through additional training because of this incident. However, his file does include training certificates spanning over several years. Chris? Maureen, thank you. We have requested a statement from the attorney representing the deputy, the sheriff, and the department in this lawsuit, but we have not heard back. KETV has confirmed with the Columbia County Sheriff's Department that Deputy Williams has been neither suspended nor reprimanded. What the fuck? I like Maureen. She's cute. <laughs> I don't like... Not often that like I'm... I'm Struck by a report. I guess it does happen a lot, doesn't it? I might have a crush on this woman here in Ohio that police are still looking for her. This is a couple of days later. This was the original news report, however. Right now we're taking a look at one of the most popular stories on Cleveland19.com. This one involving an inmate on the run. Be on the lookout for this woman. We're showing you her photo right now on your screen. The Columbiana County Sheriff says Ashley Crowley. She escaped from the Eastern Ohio Correction Center Saturday night and could be somewhere in the Salem or the Youngstown area. Now, according to court records, Crowley was serving time for violating parole on a drug charge. Police think she's driving a blue Chevy. Oh, that's bullshit. Oh, I was really hoping she dismembered somebody and fucked herself with them. Cobalt, if you think you've seen her, call 911. Now, you're not. No, don't narc on that poor lady. I don't think she did anything. She's still missing. I, I, probably not the best idea, ma'am. Still on the run. Cause like you're just violation of parole on a drug charge. I, they're probably gonna slap and fuck like a longer sentence for you escaping than just doing your time. And you're almost certainly gonna get caught, unfortunately. So I'm probably not the best decision. You probably should just served your time. Oh shit, this is wild. A garbage truck 
was stolen and led police on a three-county chase. We only have a small snippet of a video, but it looks like it's wild, so strap in. You. Oh, it's it's. At first, I thought it had gone up on on one side of its wheels, but it's just it's uh. Whatever its load it's carrying back there is like it's falling off. DJ Dub, I don't exactly know where this happened. Let's find out. It's happened in Sevierville, Tennessee. Sounds about right. Police officers said they were involved in a chase with a stolen garbage truck through three East Tennessee counties on Monday morning. Police said it all started just after 7 a.m. when the driver of the stolen garbage truck ran from officers in Knox County. The stolen truck continued south on Chapman Highway into Blount County and then into Sevier County. Bob Stalky with the Sevier Police Department said the truck then turned left on the main street, crashed near Sevier County High School. Well, did you arrest somebody? What happened with the stolen truck? A garbage truck stolen and chased by police across three East Tennessee counties this morning. Police are telling our Jared Austin that the suspect is also accused in a stabbing. Right off Dally Park Parkway, just outside of Sevier County High School, there is a lot of damage. <laughs> this is, as someone who went to college in Tennessee, this couldn't be more Tennessee. Off a of Dolly Parton Highway, and the, the tow truck has a gigantic Trump flag. <laughs> I love well, there this. There is a lot of damage to the garbage truck and other businesses around this area after a driver stole this garbage truck in Knoxville or the Knoxville area, took police on a three-county chase, and then landed here in Sevier County. We're going to show you to that damage right now. You can see the truck has officially gone, but there's still a lot of damage in this person's front yard. They still have crews getting out here, but we're actually going to turn this way and show you the Tennessee hot tubs place that was actually hit by this truck. So we did talk with the owners in there. They did not want to go on camera, but they said they got a call right Holy around shit. saying that their business had been hit. So they came out here to see all of this damage. They said they had been in business for 30 years and that they supplied all the hot tub supplies around here. But someone who did want to go on camera as a neighbor right next door, he says he woke up and was drinking his coffee actually when he heard a loud thud inside his home. So he came out here to see a big garbage truck right in his lawn. And he says that he was grateful he was not hurt by this. I heard this noise and it was louder than most. And louder than most noises. I looked down and I couldn't believe what I saw. The truck almost tipped over. There was another car that was hit in this area, but there was nobody inside. Once we get more information from police, we'll have that for you in our WVLT News app and later in our newscasts. In Sevier County, Jared Austin, WVLT News. 
And the driver of the garbage truck was arrested after crashing into a truck and nearly hitting a home. He is being treated at UT Medical Center. Tennessee Highway Patrol will lead the investigation. Three counties, one truck. Ah, oh, God damn. Mild town to moderate borough to Severeville. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. All this shit on the internet. That's what we cover. That's what we cover. I don't know. This might turn out to be a dud. Like it had just been posted like two minutes when I when I was getting ready for the show. This yeah, it posted an hour ago. Like it just posted. Let's find out what this teacher did. Where's North Texas elementary school teacher has been fired over something she said. Guys, D is condemning. Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know a gender. Why did I say she? Over something they said. Well, Mesquite ISD is condemning racist comments online posted by a now-fired teacher. The former employee worked at Thompson Elementary in Mesquite. The district says yesterday it became aware of racist comments on the teacher's account posted to Twitter. That teacher was fired after an investigation. School leaders say her comments do not reflect the values and standards of Mesquite ISD. Well, maybe I knew it was a woman because I read it somewhere when I was getting ready for the show. So it was indeed a woman. We don't know what she said. Alarming racist statements on X, formerly known as Twitter. Oh, hold on. There's some gossip in the comments and I might be able to tell you. Well, that, I wasn't expecting that. So once again, this is in the comments. This is all hearsay. I'll let you guys read it as I read along with it. Apparently, she was a self-proclaimed black supremacist and a proud racist who hated white people. In some screenshots from her phone chat, she was so disgusted that her sister was sleeping with a white man that she called up her boyfriend and conspired to get him killed. She also posted a video calling the boyfriend of her sister a white cave dweller and said it was going to be fun to break them up and that her sister knew better than to bring this man into her home because she was an admitted racist. Or because I'm a pre-watch Andy. Ah! I love you guys so much. <laughs> oh. 
So apparently somebody tried to assassinate the president of Ukraine. Did you hear about this? Have you heard about this? New information is emerging about an alleged assassination attempt on Ukraine's President Zelensky, according to Ukrainian intelligence. Ukrainian officials arrested this woman, an alleged informant from Russia, in connection with the plot. Ukrainian intelligence claims she was collecting information about Zelensky's movements during a trip to Mykolaiv last month so that he could be targeted by a Russian airstrike. Overnight, Russia fired a missile also at an apartment building full of civilians in eastern Ukraine and then struck it again in order to kill first responders. At least seven people were killed, including rescue workers. And joining me now is NBC chief foreign correspondent Richard Engel. Richard, it's so good to see you. You know, there's a growing feeling, certainly in Washington, um, that the counteroffensive is bogged down or not taking off. This is being discussed very openly in political and national security circles. And now this suspected assassin against Zelensky, who has been uh, so consistent about being out there, his nightly addresses, going front lines. Um, what do you know about it? So first about this uh, assassination plot, which was uncovered uh, or revealed by Ukrainian intelligence yesterday. And, and so far, they're the only people talking about it. They're putting out uh, some degree of detail. They put out a statement. They put out that video. And uh, there's been no comment from the Kremlin. But what the Ukrainians are saying is that this was a an informant uh, who was involved in an assassination plot. She was hiding in plain sight. She was a local woman. She was living in the community. And she was living near Mykolaiv, which is a, a frontline community, a highly militarized zone um, in, in southern Ukraine. And that she was in close contact with soldiers, that she's lived in this militarized frontline community. And when you go to frontline areas like Mykolaiv or the towns around it, uh, these days, you don't see many civilians left. You see mostly soldiers and people who are servicing the soldiers. So you might see one restaurant open or one shop. And she apparently worked in a military supply shop that would be the kind of place uh, where soldiers would come to buy uh, things they need, an extra uniform or uh, a knife or flashlight. Uh, there are a lot of shops like that because it is they're servicing the people in the area that while using this job apparently as cover, she was also collecting information about the troops, about her own customers, and passing on information to, to, to Moscow to use for targeting. And that uh. one of the most important things she was gathering was, or attempting to gather, was uh, President Zelensky's itinerary what, for a trip that he took late last month to Mykolaiv. And according to the Ukrainians, the intention was to get this information, get his schedule, figure out his movements, pass that information to the Russians so that Moscow could kill him with uh, an airstrike. And the Ukrainians say they let it go forward. They were aware of it, but they allowed the plot to unravel uh, to a degree so they could watch her, see who she was communicating with. Do they think, like, if they were to assassinate him, that the entire, like, because he's been like such a cult of personality that Western support, and he's also been integral in getting Western support, begging, begging Western countries. It probably would create a power vacuum. It, like, it's, 
No, I guess not a bad move on Russia's part if your aim is to take over the country. And then uh, they said they arrested her red-handed. And Richard Taylor should business the escalating attack to both sides because the uh, Ukraine was expanding its attacks against Moscow in ways that were very embarrassing. Uh, civilian attacks also because there were apartment buildings involved, but around the Kremlin and embarrassing to Vladimir Putin in the aftermath, of course, of the mini rebellion from Prigozhin, and now and also, of course, in the Black Sea. Exactly. So now we see so this these goes attacks. to your original uh, question. Yeah, this goes to your original question. I believe the assassination plot is, as, as you uh, are suggesting, all linked because the front line, the traditional front lines, we've been describing the Ukraine war for a year and a half now as a trench war where you have the, the front lines along the south, along the east, with dug-in positions, and the two sides have been firing artillery back and forth, and then sometimes the U.S. will give them more advanced weapons. They can fire, increase their range and get a little bit of advantage, but it's a traditional front-line war, and that's still very much happening. But the front line is rather deadlocked right now. Uh, the counteroffensive is underway, but it's very difficult to attack dug-in Russian forces and try and drive them off your land. So what we've been seeing instead, as the Ukrainians and the Russians, but primarily the Ukrainians, because they seem to be taking the initiative in these kind of attacks, is to try and change the battlefield dynamic in other ways, like the attacks in Moscow, which have a, a symbolic and embarrassing effect, uh, with attacks into the Black Sea using sea drones, attacking Russian ships near Russian ports. And perhaps, again, it's only from the Ukrainian intelligence side, Moscow is also looking at unconventional ways to change the battlefield dynamic. Richard Angle, on top of all of it, as always, thank you so much. Good to see you, Richard. He was good, but he was no Breedlove. Miss Breedlove. We haven't heard from him in a while. My apologies for not finding out what that news be doing last night. That had to do with storms that just battered the fucking East Coast. Apparently, like, New York got it as well. Trapped after torrential rain, a delegate and historic rescue north of Boston. First responders take hold of a driver, water flooding up to her window, and then float her back to safety. In North Carolina, trees simply snapped outside of Charlotte, careening feet from families hunkering down. The rain was literally sideways, trees, limbs hitting your truck as you're driving. In Anderson, South Carolina, firefighters said a falling tree killed a 15-year-old. The high school sophomore's closest friends and family devastated. Yeah, I sent a video to Media Winch, and she was like, I'm jealous it never storms here. I'm like, it's a tornado. <laughs> Continue to cope and deal with the tragic loss we've experienced here. I just certainly feel for them. They're, they're wonderful neighbors. Uh, I just can't imagine going through what they're going through. Staggering scenes near Baltimore where giant utility poles proved no match for the winds. One after another knocked down, some around drivers. Maryland State Police say first responders rescued 47 people from this wreckage. Last night, lives were saved. There were people who were stuck and stranded in cars who were able to sleep in their own beds last night. In the heart of Philadelphia, a tower cam showed the skyline swallowed by storm clouds. The sight of this huge Tennessee warehouse looking more like a Lego set. Layers of heavy cinder blocks buckled. 
Roofs ripped away, scattered across the ground. And in the air, an all-out effort to get thousands of people back on planes after ground stops stretched from Atlanta up the eastern seaboard to New York. Yep, I had a buddy trying to fly out of Atlanta, and apparently it was a headache. That's, um... Like she and I were making some morbid jokes about the weather the other day. <laughs> we were we were talking about firestorms in California. Are you ready for the main event tonight? Ding 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 ding. Try that on a boat dock. The incident occurred between a co-captain of the Harrier II vessel and a private boat owner and his family. As the Harriet attempted to dock in its designated space, designated and reserved due to the gangway access as well as the mooring requirements, the private boat was docked in its space, prohibiting safe docking of the Harriet. The captain of the Harriet remained away from the dock for nearly 40 to 45 minutes as he attempted to contact the operators of the private boat via PA system. If you've not seen the video, stay tuned. We're getting ready to watch it. They were only responded to with obscene gestures curse words, and taunting. The co-captain was then picked up by a separate vessel and brought to the pier in an attempt to have a conversation with the private boat owners and or have those boats moved so that the Harriet could dock. A confrontation ensued between the co-captain and Mr. Pickett, the co-captain, being attacked by several members of the private boat. Several members of the Harriet II came to Mr. Pickett's defense, engaging in what we all have seen since on social media. Thirteen individuals were detained and brought to police headquarters for questioning and interviews. Those interviews lasted several hours. At that time, all parties involved were released pending further investigation, but were all given instructions on how to secure warrants on combatants. We have since consulted with and are continuing to work with the Alabama Law Enforcement Agency, our state police agency, the Montgomery's DA's office, and the local office of the FBI. This investigation is ongoing and more charges are likely at this time based on where the statutes read and the way the laws are, are crafted. Uh, we were unable to present any inciting a riot or racial, racially biased charges at this time. The victims in this case, the co-captain... Oh, but we've got some evidence that might uh, sway you otherwise. Captain Mr. Damian Pickett, black male, and a 16-year-old white male juvenile who was struck by the owners and operators of the private boat. The suspects thus far have been identified as Richard Roberts, white male, 48 years old, 
with two outstanding warrants for assault, third degree. Alan Todd, white male, 23 years old, one warrant for assault, third degree. And Zachary Shipman, white male, 25 years old, uh, one warrant for assault, third degree. We have instructed those individuals to turn themselves into law enforcement, and as uh, at this time, uh, one is secured and in custody, the other. I thought one, uh, I mean, I thought they were all in custody, but apparently, because this, this happened this afternoon. This was just a couple hours ago, this press conference. Apparently, one is in custody. The two are set to turn themselves in within the next hour. We're also asking for Mr. Reggie Gray, the black male, 42 years old, who was seen wielding that folding chair to contact the Montgomery Police Department for further interviews and as part of this investigation. Yeah, that, while we all cheer on the chair, shut up, Lester. Um, that was probably assault with a deadly weapon. Probably assault with a deadly weapon. Now, you're going to see from this angle how it all began. We're going to be watching from the, what they called it, the Harriet. The name of the boat is the Harriet. They were going to be on with passengers from the Harriet. And they are going to be calling commentary on what is going on on the other side of the docks. That guy in the white shirt is the crew from our little dinner cruise boat who got off our ship to go over there to move that black pontoon boat on his own because those guys who parked there were told not to leave it there and they left it there. So he's just pushing it off. That's funny. <laughs> that's, that's funny. It is. It is funny. I hope the police give him a big old ticket. So here is here is one of the the owners of the boat, or this white family. Ooh, confrontation with the owner of the boat. So this is the co-captain. He's giving him what for? He's telling him your boat ain't supposed to be here. This is where our boat parks. Yeah. 
punched him for no fucking reason everything seemed calm like just out of nowhere throws the hat up They're all ganging up on him. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you people? Oh my god, I hadn't... Like, if, if you didn't hear it, you can hear the splash of the dude jumping into the water. We're getting ready to hear from him. See him swimming right there. Now here's the thing. That's not the whole bro. That is just what um what instigated it. We have to go to a different angle to get to uh, to get the rest of the fight. Yes, yes, I understand. Wish to proceed. We have new details tonight in a massive swing arrest warrants for three men accused of being in the fight along the riverfront in Montgomery. This took place last weekend. All three charged with third degree assault. One of the men has turned himself in and is now in custody. And as you can see here, this is some of the video that has just really taken the internet by storm. You can see a flurry of punches were thrown. Some see the dude swimming. Famous now folding chair. Amazingly, no one was seriously injured. And the dispute began when a city-operated riverboat tried to get a pontoon boat to move from its spot at the dock. The video shows the riverboat's co-captain, who is black, being attacked by several white people. Uh, the co-captain was doing his job. Uh, he was simply trying to move the boat in just enough to where the, the cruise ship can park uh, safely in its, in its identified location. However, 
uh, it quickly escalated into a fistic encounter. Yeah, so investigators say right now there's not enough evidence to charge anyone with a hate crime. Dr. Bernice King, one of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s daughters, says the incident goes much deeper than what happened on the waterfront. She posted on the X platform, formerly known the as the X platform. The failure to pursue justice is not only a moral default. Without it, social tensions will grow and the turbulence in the streets will persist despite disapproval or repressive action. There is reason to believe that it could have been racially motivated. I don't need your people's money. I prefer the superior white dollars. This is according to an Alabama riverfront attendee. Currently, the most trending news in Alabama deals with the big riverfront brawl that occurred between multiple black and white individuals. At first, the on-duty dock security guard requested that the boat owner move his boat to allow another boat to dock. A verbal altercation escalated into a physical altercation. In an earlier article, one person present during the incident has been identified as Alabama business owner Chase Shipman. An article on SK Pop gave more details about him, stating he is 25 years old and a new owner who only acquired the business from his mother, Missy Calvary, in June of 2023. Chase Shipman also runs a local gas and oil station. Earlier, his parents had been in charge of both businesses for nearly two decades. Of course, social media has caught wind of this event and Shipman responded to one online user with an interesting comment under Vassar's Mini Mart Facebook page. The comment by Vassar's Mini Mart replied to a user by stating, I don't need your people's money. I prefer the superior white dollars. Big Doc Energy. <laughs> What's up, Pumpkin Spice? So let's go over to Dude that swam across. I'm John Alba. The Montgomery Riverfront brawl is what's currently on everyone's minds and it's something that will be talked about for years. For years! On Saturday, August 5th in Montgomery, Alabama, multiple arrests were made after police responded to a melee near the Alabama Riverfront. According to NPR, the incident began by a group who docked their platoon boat in a space that was reserved for the city's riverboat. When a black man who appeared to be the dock attendant untied the boat, he was confronted by a white man. After some talking, a white man struck the black man before more white men joined in on the fight, bringing the black man down. It didn't take long for the fight to spiral out of control as several bystanders joined in. One would be a fellow riverboat employee who is now being deemed a hero, for swimming from a boat to come to the aid of the outnumbered black. Yeah, Snicks, good evening. Has been identified as Aaron Rudolph. In the now viral brawl, Aaron can be seen swimming from a boat to the dock, where once there, he began helping the black man from the mob of white men and women. In response to the outpouring support, Aaron has taken to social media with several responses thanking people for the support. Thank you everyone for supporting me and sending me notes and messages telling me I've done well. I was just helping my crewmate and I really don't deserve this, but thank you again anyway. And I am grateful. I wish everyone the best. He would also post to his IG story. I just want to say thank you to everyone 
who has been sending me money to help me get new boots. But I promise I don't need any more than I already have. Thank you everyone for the support. The only thing I did was what I was taught. High Plus would reach Aaron's reps for comments and this is what they sent. Greetings, we appreciate the love and support. Please know this doesn't go unnoticed. We are immensely proud of him. To that ends, the parents have not given permission to conduct interviews at this time. This was a simple act of kindness by a young men who sought to help. As for others, many would take to social media to voice their thoughts on the brawl. Dio Hughley would repost some viral clips of the fight on his own social media with the caption, showed up in clean house like the Black Avengers. In addition to like the Black Avengers. Post up with a repost of a social media's influencer's explanation of where the fight took place. According to the Instagram account, Mr. Crime, it took place off the coast of the Alabama River in downtown Montgomery, which was once a pivotal part for the domestic slave trade. The social media user would use the Atlanta Journal-Constitution as a source. The post will go on to say, the place where this brawl happened actually happened in a location in Alabama where our ancestors used to be sold. We were auctioned off so much that enslavers built depots to store us until it was our time to be sold. Wow. This makes this display of unity in Bloody Saturday that much more meaningful. Those black folks who were sold might have been their ancestors, and they might have been sold off by those white dude ancestors. Whoa. Hughley offered his own caption, the more you know, for the ancestors edition. While the broad caused a difference of opinions from all who witnessed, both online and in person, for the most part, many black people were ecstatic to see other black people uniting and defending their own. Now, as far as Marlon Wayans, he would go on and share a clip from the fight with different thoughts that didn't echo the black majority. Wayans would go on to say, how about we not try that in a small town? Shit silly, bro. Let's all just be love, not war. Now, Try that on a boat dock. Many fans jumped in to express their disappointment in Marlon's comments. One user would say, I don't get what you're trying to do here. Confusing people and not telling the whole story. You are not even addressing how the white people, literally all men and women, jumped and beat a black man for, for doing, doing his job. Shame on you. Finally, another said, Marlon, we backed you when you went up against United. Even though you didn't show the entire story, some same rules apply. The security guard was literally doing his job to clear the dock so that the riverboat could dock and bring on the next passengers. The good old boys jumped him. So bystanders and the boat crew defended him. Now, what was your excuse for complaining about United? So let's talk about it more in the comments below. What do you guys think of Dio Hughley? And That's a good video by Comedy Hop. I'll give them a sub. Good job, Comedy Hot. I... The memes have been spectacular. The memes have been spectacular. I can't... I can't rave enough about how... This one, this one cracked me up. Had us in the first half. Not gonna lie. Uh. 
This is America. <laughs> oh, oh, if, if, if you haven't seen it, it's not even a meme. It's just a picture. It is just a picture from this brawl. This is the best thing about it. It, like they briefly showed it in like the one news story. I was having trouble finding the other, the other angle. This, this is the best part. The dude blew out his Crocs. He blew out his Crocs. Clinically, I don't think this is a self-respecting person. This is a racist. Wearing Crocs. Uh, I, I kind of want to skip the segment now. I kind of don't want to do it anymore. Can I skip the segment? You guys don't even know what it is. But I put it on the I put I put his face on the goddamn thumbnail for the show. So it wouldn't make any sense if I didn't do the story about him and he's on the thumbnail. But like we like we're not missing anything, we don't do this. Hold on, let me see let me let me acquire the chair. I was having a hard time finding it. There we go. There we go. Cause I. Twitter. Ooh, the Guardian's gonna have the Guardian will have all of them. That'll be laid out here for us. Because for the longest time, I didn't see the chair in anything but memes. Maybe it's not laid all out for it. God damn it. Let me go. Or X, whatever the fuck it's called now. I have a hard time. Fucking like who the fuck looks for X? Who, who else is, has not uh, been able to find the app on their phone and shit? Because it's X.
Yeah, there's multiple different angles on this. It's it's hard to get everything. So you gotta you gotta do multiple cell phone videos. There's a chair. Yeah, yeah, the cops did say they wanted to speak with him again. And we assault with a deadly weapon. You have a right to reasonably defend yourself. The chair might have been a little too far. Damn, he took a straight-up chair shot to the head and kept going. Did you see that? Keep your eyes on this shirtless guy right here. This guy right here. This guy right here takes a straight-up chair shot to the head, Mick Foley style, and keeps going. <laughs> Yeah, cause I can't do I can't do two I can't do two right wing assholes back to back to back. We'll do we'll do this one we'll do this other one tomorrow. We'll do this one tonight. God, they're both ten minutes. Why is it that we can watch concise reporting that are four four or five minute little pieces? the long piece that we'll watch you know we may get an interview that's like seven or eight minutes but then we watch this right-wing content and they just they just roll on for so long there's no re like what 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 is matt walsh complaining about flamey grant matt walsh who once called me a formidable voice in the culture Justin Freakin is a formidable voice in the culture. Is upset about the drag queen that we covered last week that is topping the Christian Billboard charts. We listened to her song, not my flavor, not my flavor at all, but I really like the name, Flamey Grant. But Matt Walsh is big mad about it. 
One of my long-standing complaints about the Christian entertainment scene, Christian music, Christian films, etc., is that they often put message far ahead of quality. As long as they get the point across, as long as the content is, uh, is promoting the Christian faith, then they aren't concerned with, it, with its artistic merits. The audience for this content also adopts this attitude, often describing a Christian movie or hit Christian song. I am clinically. Without stipulating that the greatness is found in the message, but the vessel for that message is oftentimes corny, lame, cliched, trite, if not downright amateurish and embarrassing. Which means, of course, that it won't even succeed in the one objective that it has put before everything else, which is promoting the message. None of the people that you should want to reach with the message are going to endure the artistic mediocrity for long enough to absorb whatever message you're trying to get across to them. And so the whole thing's a waste of time. He's not wrong on this. In recent years, Christian entertainment has started to improve. These complaints still pertain to probably 75. Yeah, he's probably wrong on that. But in that 25%, you'll find that faith-based art, um, you know, where there, there actually are uh, uh, Christians who are, who are creating real art that doesn't need to be graded on a curve. Now, we're still a long way from where we should be, but we're moving in the right direction, I think. In the meantime, the left is heading the opposite way. Very often now, it's the leftist who finds himself pretending that some preachy piece of woke entertainment is great on its artistic merits, when really, it's only great at checking all the progressive boxes. Bad Christian entertainment at least has a good message. Like what? Even if it's a message that nobody but the already converted will ever hear, bad leftist entertainment doesn't even have that redeeming quality. The message is garbage, and the vessel for the message is even worse. I would say that drag is perhaps the best example of this. Yes, drag is degenerate and morally depraved, especially when it's performed in front of children. But even aside from that, it's also just really bad. The drag queens are bad dancers, bad singers, bad comedians, bad performers. We've seen many viral videos. Of I think that's part of it. Are being subjected to these sights and sounds, and conservatives rightly focus on the fact that the show is inappropriate for minors. But every time I see one of these videos, you know, after I make note of the fact that all the adults involved are child abusers who should be in prison, I can't help but also note just how bad the performance is on artistic grounds. So we always ask, how far away from us finding out something like horrendous about Matt Walsh? Like he got a skeleton in his closet, right? There is something going to come out about this man. Why would anyone subject their children to that? And that's a very important question, the most important one. But an interesting secondary question is, why would any adult subject themselves to that? Why would you want to watch a man in makeup prance around awkwardly on stage and lip sync to a Lady Gaga song? The answer is that they go and watch, not because it's a good and worthwhile performance, but because it sends a message. And that brings... I will tell you why women go to uh, drag clubs. It's because men like you aren't there. Honest to fucking God. Women love drag clubs because men like you aren't in them. It kind of weeds out the douchebags. So then you get, you get left with a community that's loving and open and honest and having fun and shitheads like you aren't there. And everybody thinks that's cool. That's why you don't get you like you're you're part of like the no homers club, right? It's a to no mats club. Brings us finally to a drag queen named Matthew Blake, who goes by the stage name Flamey Grant. And you should know that this pun represents the absolute peak of Blake's creative ingenuity and wit. That's as good as it gets. It's all downhill from there. Now, Blake, along with uh, being a drag, 
I might kind of halfway agree with him on that because I really didn't like the song. But goddamn is the name uh, witty. Queen also fashioned himself a gospel musician, and the drag gospel shtick garnered him all the success you can imagine, which is none at all. Until this past week, when the top spot on the iTunes Christian Songs chart was briefly occupied by Flamey Grant with his song, Good Day. The performer's rise from obscurity to topping the charts and then falling back into obscurity again is explained by this report from Relevant Magazine, quote, There's a surprising new name at the top of the Christian music charts this week. Drag queen Flamey Grant's Bible Belt Baby has reached number one on the iTunes Christian and Gospel album chart 10 months after the album's release. Additionally, Grant's lead single, Good Day, peaked at number one. The surprise rise to the top is due in large part to the uh, Christian worship artist Sean Foyt after he criticized Derek Webb, former lead singer of Cadman's Call. I didn't know Sean Fucked was in on this. Quote, if you're wondering the end goal of the deconstruction movement in the church, then look no further than former worship leader Derek Webb's new collab with a drag queen, Foyt wrote. These are truly the last days. Grant responded to Foyt's complaint, writing, quote, end goal, baby, we're just getting started, along with a kissy face emoji. Over on Instagram, Grant shared the exchange and challenged followers to prove Foyt wrong. Quote, Sean Foyt thinks hardly anyone is interested in a worship song by a drag queen, Grant wrote. Good Day deserves a spot on the Christian music charts, don't you think? Within hours, the song and album had reached number one on iTunes, Christians, and gospel charts. That is a quintessential right-wing tactic that that drag queen employed. That's what right-wingers do in order to like, oh, we've got the number one song, aren't we winning the culture war? Now, as of yesterday afternoon, it sat at number nine and falling, but uh, Mr. Flamey is taking this with all the humility you might anticipate from a man who appropriates womanhood for a living. On TikTok, he compared himself to a resurrected Christ. Listen. Well, it is day three of a drag queen sitting at the top of the Christian iTunes charts. But you know what? Even Jesus had Doubting Thomas. Some people will not believe it till they see it. So there you go, babe. Touch the nail-scarred hands. Wait, he's not even at the top of the charts in that video. I just noticed that. This is the this is proof that he's at the top of the charts, and he's not. He's number six there. So, anyway. Uh, the charts go on for like 100. He is like at the top of the charts. He's not the top of the chart. But nothing surprising there. Just some gratuitous blasphemy from a progressive... Oh my God, clinically, you just called it. Next thing Matt Walsh is going to do is release an album. Oh my, he plays the banjo. He's releasing a fucking transphobic gospel album. Oh my God. Clinically, like doing like a Simpsons in here and predicting the future. These people try so hard to be shocking, but they just end up sounding like every other low IQ heretic who came before them. We're not impressed, Matthew. Neither is God, and you'll find out more about that later, I'm sure. But this story does give us the opportunity to reflect on something important. Uh, and for that, let me read a piece of the Paste magazine. I think he says your God's or his God's going to smite you. He was a worship leader for 22 years before he decided to start cross-dressing. Pretty soon he was delivering sermons while dressed in drag and preaching about self-love and self-affirmation and so on. Eventually he teamed up with Derek Webb for a song on Webb's album called The Jesus Hypothesis. And then we're told this, quote, the Jesus Hypothesis features a duet with Flamey Grant, Boys Will Be Girls, inspired by a friend coming out to Webb. In it, Flamey puts her makeup skills to use on Webb, transforming him into a drag, a drag queen in a church sanctuary. Flamey sings the last verse. Quote, 
I heard Jesus loved and spent his life with those who were abandoned by proud and fearful men. So if a church won't celebrate and love you, their belief- Shapiro plays the- Because I, I, you're- I would assume that Shapiro wouldn't call it a fiddle. Shapiro would call it a violin. So beautiful by any name. And that right there is the crux of quote unquote progressive Christianity. Um, you're beautiful. You should be celebrated. Anyone, anyone who doesn't accept you is awful. You're the greatest. I listened that's to the, that's the Bible I read. A song that had its uh, 15 minutes of fame on the Christian charts. And it was enough to hear a line about how, quote, you are good in every way. You are good in every way, the song says. And by you, of course, the singer is talking to himself. Good in every way, beautiful in every way, special, amazing. Now, traditionally, a Christian song might have sentiments like this, but the you is directed at God. You might well find a line like, if a church won't celebrate or love you, they're believing lies, except that, again, the you would be referring to God. In Flamey Grant's version of Christianity, churches exist not to celebrate and love God, but to celebrate and love him, Flamey Grant. Christianity is, uh, is. I think he's trying to uplift, or they are trying to uplift other people. Everything else in life. But he may, like, it may be a he. I don't, like, it seems like it's. Uh, God is supplanted. They are a crossdresser. By the self. And all of the worship directed at the new God, which is the self. But there's a problem. Aside from the obvious fact that it's heretical and the disciples of this false religion are walking a road to, da to uh, damnation and destruction. Aside from that, though, not at all unrelated, is that it's also hollow. You're good. I don't know. Okay, if you feel that we're all going to hell and we're walking a path to damnation, like, why the fuck do you care? Do your business. You're supposed to set a good example as a Christian. I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to know you by your works. I'm not supposed to listen to what you, what you, what you think you you are as a person. So, I don't understand. I don't get it. Good. You're beautiful. You're special. You're above criticism. You should be accepted and affirmed all the time by everyone. Because why exactly? There's a reason these people have to continually insist that they're great and they feel great about themselves because they don't believe it. Bim Shapiro would be a good drag name. Now it's true that we are all special in a certain sense because we're children of God created in his image, but that's not the hook that the progressive Christian, quote unquote, Christian and always in quotes there, uh, air quotes. The hook brings you back. His specialness on because Seeing himself as a child of God means humbling himself before something and someone greater than himself. Moreover, it means admitting that he was made, that he was designed, that he was given an identity without his personal input or permission. It would mean that if God made him male, for example, then he simply is male, as God intended, and any attempt to change his divinely created identity would be an utterly futile act of blasphemy. Well, he can't face any of this, and so when he, when he declares himself great and good and special, it's not because he sees himself as an obedient and grateful child of God. No, his sense of specialness is grounded in nothing but his own ego. His personal... I checked out. What's he been saying? Like, I have literally not been listening to him for the last minute and a half. I don't care. <laughs> okay can i get away with this animal video can i get away with this animal video if it's copaganda
Are you guys going to make me do a different video? If, if, if the video is copaganda. I, I do not blame you. I do not blame you if you make me do a different animal video to end on. Because this is, is 100% copaganda. She was hiding under a couch. I reached under and got her and she immediately crawled onto my shoulder and perched onto it like a parrot and uh, started purring. And when he got to the SPCA to drop the kitten off, Officer Ruggs says he just couldn't let her go. I just felt like uh, she wanted to be with me. And I, I mean, before that, I never saw myself owning a cat. I thought I was a dog person, um, but we just kind of bonded immediately and I just knew I had to take her with me. Since then, Penny has settled in nicely to her new home. She was super scared when I got her. Oh, Dustin. Super active and need cat pics. Entire apartment just to make it safe for curious Penny. And while Officer Rugg has helped Penny find a safe and loving home, he says she has helped him out a lot too. She's definitely making my days better and um, helping me relax. And yeah, she's she's great. Officer Ruggs. Do you have any other animals in the house? It took Maynard uh, probably about a week. It was probably a whole week before he came out from, uh, it was the utility room. And like when, when Battle of Possum came over the other day, uh, Maynard went in the utility room again. Says he never expected to gain a new friend like this while out on the job. And he's never responded to a call like this before, but he's glad he did. And I, I'm, I gotta be careful not to go on too many of them. Otherwise I'll have a house full of cats now. <laughs> It's an awful cute cat. She was hiding under a couch. I reached under and got her and she immediately crawled onto my shoulder and perched onto it like a parrot and uh, started purring. And it's a really cute cat. I can't get away with this for the animal video. says he just couldn't let her go. Look how adorable like, uh, she is. She wanted to be with me. And I, I mean, before that, I never saw myself owning a cat. I thought I was a dog person, um, but we just kind of bonded immediately and I just knew I had to take her with me. Since then, Penny has settled in nicely to her new home. She was super scared when I got her, but now she's just super active and I'm having to rearrange my entire apartment just to make it safe for curious Penny. And while Officer Rugg has helped Penny find a safe and loving home, he says she has helped him out a lot too. She's definitely making my days better and um, helping me relax and yeah, she's that cop stole somebody's cat. Like this while out on the job, and he's never responded to a call like this before. But he's glad he did. And I, I, I got to be careful not to go on too many of them. Otherwise, I'll have a house full of cats now. Okay, okay, I'll give you a different animal video. Then. So we're going to uh, we're going to watch a video. Yeah, yeah, civil uh, asset forfeiture. That's when cops steal. So we're going to watch a video that I did for one of my clients. Gonna be your animal. That's going to be your animal video tonight. So one of the... One of the 
One of my clients is a TikTok YouTube channel that does like uh, pranks. And uh, one of the pranks they did, uh, they're called Saucy TV. One of the pranks that they did was that uh, they borrowed their friend's goat and they took the goat to their uh, to their mom's house. <laughs> and the goat is fucking cute as shit. Look how cute he is. He is hey, cute. He's in the cage and he's clean. He doesn't belong in a cage. Mom, he's a bought, big animal. We bought, we bought you him. Can't. You we guys don't even the, pick up your clothes. We already made the sale. Uh, he's not the dog. He's the so, goat. Um, the dogs want to rip him apart right now. Messi will fucking deek them. He'll meg them. Oh, oh boy. All right, get them out of here. Wait, hey. oh! Get them out of here. Okay. Someone get them out of here. Hey. hey, come here. I think he just turned off the mic somehow. <laughs> She's scared. <laughs> Mom, where are you going? It's so cute. Messi, what are you doing, bro? You guys, I guess he likes these, huh? Yo, Messi. Yeah, I don't know what that means. Dude. Wait, you gotta change the, my name on the yeah. phone to Goat. You're so freaking cute, you know that? <laughs> <laughs> There's your animal video. You get a cute ass goat. I feel, I had a hard time getting through the goat videos because like I kept taking pictures of like I I kept taking screenshots of the goat. Cause it is so cute. Look at that thing! Look at that! You little goat! Go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's alright to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freakin'. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol Live.